Hey everybody, thanks for joining Spring Pack, the podcast. We have a great show lined up, lots to talk about, so let's get after it. Everybody, thanks for joining another episode of Spring Path, the podcast. Today, we are going to be learning a lot about SUNY and specifically Polytechnic Institute. Today, we have uh, our guest is Jeff Albright joining us from Utica. Jeff, how's it going? It is fantastic. It's a it's a nice uh, September afternoon, you know, nice little Good, bit of nip in the air, enjoying ourselves. <laughs> That's great. Hey, thanks for being on the show. Uh, we're excited to have you because. We actually have a lot to cover because there's so much to learn about, specifically about SUNY, uh, you know, State University of New York, um, and how many of them there are. I didn't know. I didn't know when we were catching up offline. But then, more importantly, diving into SUNY Poly, which has some awesome opportunities that we can highlight. But let's let's start with you. Um, you and I were talking offline, and you've been in this role for six years but you've actually been with SUNY for 11. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, so uh, I started as a first-year student at SUNY Poly. It was actually SUNY Institute of Technology at that point. I started as a first-year student in 2011. And actually, Mike, I didn't tell you this earlier. I started as a civil engineering student. Oh, you did? Um, yeah, yeah. I forgot to tell you this one. Uh, so just brief aside. So three semesters in, I was sitting in Calculus 3. And I came to the realization that I didn't like math. <laughs> yes. I did also not like my physics class, but I really liked, um, I liked the concepts of engineering, but not so much the stuff behind it. Uh, calculus, so, um, I did not get along with calculus either. I, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not enjoyable. Good, good for all you out there listening who actually enjoy the math and science. You're going to, you're going to go far. Um, but for those of you who don't learn from my mistakes, don't go into an engineering program. If you don't like math, you don't like science. So um, anyway, yeah. So what happened was I got three semesters in and, it just wasn't for me. So I went to our um, career services. I went to our advisement center just to kind of figure out where my strengths were and how that fit with the institution. Ultimately, we landed on business because, as you'll learn over the next handful of months, I really like to talk. Um, I enjoyed the marketing, the stuff like that. So I ended up actually earning my bachelor's degree in business administration from Poly in 2015. But, you know, business is a fairly general field. And I realized that in order to be employable, I needed to differentiate myself a little bit. So I continued on actually after my undergrad business degree to our MBA program in technology management. So um, during my first year of the MBA tech management program, I was a research assistant for the dean of our business, our college of business. And I fell into this admissions position completely backwards because I was up in our athletic complex, our field house, getting a workout in. And I started talking to my, our strength and conditioning coach. And he asked me if I had applied for an admissions position that was open. I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. Give me something here. And so he told me, he's like, you know, admissions, you go, you talk to students, you talk to families, parents, you travel. I'm like, this, this sounds right up my alley. So finished my workout, showered, walked right down to our career services office. Um, I was very close with the director at the time. So he had his resume, my resume on file. And um, he sat down with me for probably a half hour and actually pulled up the job description on one monitor and my resume on the other. And we worked through my resume to tailor make it exactly to the job. Oh, so then we were inside, get an inside guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I knew a guy. Um, so, and then this is where, you know, I'm a, I am six foot four, 225 pounds. This, this career service track, he literally grabbed me by the shoulder and literally pulled me out of my chair. Now, our career services director is a former division one uh, lineman. So this dude is six foot eight, 300 or so pounds, 
So you can imagine when, when that happens, I'm saying like, okay, I guess we're going somewhere. Um, <laughs> and so he, the building that our career services office is in is actually in the same building as our admissions office. They're yeah. like 40, 50 yards apart. So he walked me out of the career services office door, right through the admissions door, right through admissions, right into our director's office. He said to our director, Gina, this is Jeff. He's one of our graduate students. I think you'd be a good candidate for this admissions position. Here he is. <laughs> and uh, like two and a half months later, give or take, I was uh, starting on my first day in the office. And about six six years and change later, here I still am. I guess they haven't gotten so, tired of me yet. So I do have that. I mean, you're in a safe place now. Is this were you forced into this role or did <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well <laughs> no, Sam, no. if you're listening. <laughs> no, I think this is a this is a perfect example of the reason I wanted you to tell that story and kind of share the intricate details of it is because this is a perfect example of networking being connected with the people around you, getting yourself out there and, and being entrenched in the in what the schools have to offer. So in your case, you literally had to, um, you started on one path, you saw some adversity, you didn't like calculus, I didn't either. Um, then you, you made a pivot. And then as you were progressing down this path, you, you were talking to people. I mean, your whole story talks about, you know, your connection with uh, someone in athletics, your, your connection with career services, being able to, I mean, you have a whole such a community there that's helping you on your career path. Absolutely. And that's, you know, we're, we're a smaller institution. We have roughly 2,200 undergraduates. So it's easy to build the connections here with really anyone you can think of, as long as you're willing to kind of put yourself out there. And I know I was a former, again, former student, obviously that's not always the easiest, um, but here at Poly, we really are good at providing students the resources to be successful, whether it's, you know, through career services, sitting down and doing a one-on-one -on -one resume writing session. They do etiquette events where, you know, you learn how to network. Sure. Um, other things like as a smaller institution, we pride ourselves on allowing you as a student to build your relationships with your faculty members. So just to kind of follow up on that. The largest class I ever had as an as an either an undergraduate or a graduate student at Poly was my English 101. It was the second class I ever walked into. I only had like 35 or 36 students in the classroom. Um, we only have one lecture hall on campus. The rest are all classrooms. And the largest of those classrooms that we have seats about like 65. Mm -hmm. So, again, we try and prioritize that environment where you raise a hand in class, a faculty member is going to walk up to you and answer your question and talk to you like a human being. So Jeff, that's an excellent point based on, you know, class sizes, interaction with faculty. So it sounds like you have small classrooms where students are not just a number. They're actually people, their names, and you get to know the faculty and you get to know people on campus. But um, to kind of give an idea, if we take it one level up, can you explain to listeners about what SUNY is in general? And then I want to dovetail right into SUNY Poly because the things you're hitting on right now are perfect uh, for this storyline. But talk, talk to me about SUNY itself, the higher umbrella certainly, and how many certainly. universities. So for those of you out there who may not know what SUNY is, it's an acronym. It stands for State University of New York. Um, so for those of you who may be in Connecticut listening, it's our equivalent of like Western Connecticut State, Eastern Connecticut State, et cetera, et cetera. Now, within the SUNY umbrella, there are 64 different campuses. That's a lot. Of, yeah. yeah, it can get confusing. That's what we're here for. Um, so of the 64 campuses, 28 of them are two-year institutions or community colleges. 
So that's one. So there are four sectors within that SUNY umbrella. The first is the community college there. Um, then you have, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I actually misspoke. 28 of the SUNY institutions are four-year institutions. The remainder are two-year institutions. So sorry about that. Um, but so one of the sectors, one of the sections of the umbrella, if you want to call it that, is going to be the two-year institutions community college. Another sector is going to be the technical colleges. Those technical college focus a little more on the, um, the technical majors, and they mm -hmm. offer primarily both two-year degrees and four-year degrees. The next section you have are called the comprehensive colleges. As the name suggests, those are very comprehensive in nature. There's a major for basically everyone within those colleges. And then you have the final sector, which is where we fall into. Um, and that final sector is the university centers and doctoral degree granting institutions. Now, okay. within there, there are two different names in there. Your university centers are your large institutions. Those are the schools with, you know, 15,000, 20,000, 25,000 undergraduate students. We don't fall into that side. We fall into the doctoral degree granting side um, because we do have a couple of different doctoral programs. Therefore, we fall into that section. Yeah. So so basically, um, and I appreciate the overview on that. So that'll give people an understanding. But within SUNY Poly, uh, you have the whole concept of being in Utica. Uh, you have kind of this more wooded rural area, which is beautiful, by the way, if anyone hasn't been there. I mean, I've toured up there. I've, I've seen the waterfalls, the trails. It's it's amazing. And then you still have the cities uh, that you can go into and, um, you know, the communities that you can meet people. But really, with this small classroom mentality, um, you then get into certain programs, like you just said, you have these doctoral programs, and there were a couple that we can highlight, such as nursing. I'll lead in with that one. Can you tell us a little bit about that one? Yeah, so um, our nursing program, actually, you, a lot of times when I tell people this, they don't believe it because we're a polytechnic institute. Um, for the past five or six years, our largest first year cohort has been our nursing students. So the way the program works, it's um, a partnership with another local college. It's called a one-to-one partnership program. Um, so their first, so our nursing program is a direct admit program. So it's not pre-health or anything like that. You start in nursing. Um, <clears throat> so for your first year, you're right on our campus in Utica. Um, for your second two years, you go three and a half, four miles down the road to uh, St. Elizabeth's College of Nursing and St. Elizabeth's Hospital. During those two years at St. Elizabeth's or SECON for short, you earn your associate's degree in nursing and you are provided enough clinical hours to sit for your registered nursing licensure exam, that, that, that exam that allows you to get the licensure to practice as a nurse in the state. Mm -hmm. um, that's an absurdly high pass rate nationwide, or I mean statewide, normally the pass rate for first time RN licensure students, it's like 83 to 88%. Our nursing students over the past five or so years have passed that test the first time around anywhere between about 92 to 97%. Great. Um, so they're extremely yeah. prepared. Mm -hmm. They do that and then they come back to SUNY Poly again, three and a half miles back up the road uh, for their senior year. They okay. were doing their bachelor's degree in nursing. Then that dovetails off into a couple different graduate level programs. We offer three master's degree programs in nursing. That's gonna be nursing leadership nursing education, and family nurse practitioner. That then gets us to the doctoral program in nursing. We offer a psychiatric NP doctorate. Okay. So that's just yeah. one of the doctoral programs that we offer. Sure. 
Yeah. And then um, we were talking also offline, we we're talking a little bit about your um, upstate accelerated scholars program. Can you? Yeah. Me? Yeah. Touch on so, that? um, so SUNY Upstate is, as the name suggests, another one of the SUNY schools. They are a medical university located in Syracuse, New York, about 40 minutes west of Utica. And we partner with them to do what's called the Upstate Accelerated Scholars BSMD program. Now, that's a fairly unique program in that it's absurdly uh, selective because it has to be by nature what the, the end game is for it. So basically what happens if you're a student admitted to our Upstate Accelerated Scholars program, you're not only admitted to SUNY Poly, but as long as you persist during your four years and meet certain uh, academic requirements, you're guaranteed a spot in SUNY Upstate's MD program without having to take the MCAT. Gotcha. So yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the golden yeah. ticket right there. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, uh, it's nothing to uh, uh, turn your nose up to. That's a, that's an awesome advantage. Certainly, certainly. And then um, it, it is a highly selective program, as I'm sure you can imagine. We actually can only enroll five students per year in the mm -hmm. program. Okay. So yeah. just speaking to the students who are listening, if you have any interest in this program, you need to reach out to us directly. I'll have a conversation with you at a more in-depth level because there is a lot going into this process. Sure. 100%. And, uh, you know, we're also going to have in the description, we'll have your email address where people can reach out to you. Um, so let's talk about some of the... Um, capital and investments that the campus and the oh, school are making. because I, you and I, you and I were talking at length about this. There's some really, there's so much opportunity here at this campus. Um, and some of the key investments into labs and facilities. I mean, just, can you highlight a couple of the more recent ones? Certainly. So I think first and foremost, um, we like to highlight Cree Wolfspeed, which is a, um, they're a silicon carbide, electronics company essentially to try and simplify it. So they built a 650,000 square foot, 200 millimeter silicon carbide wafer fab, literally about a thousand yards behind me on our campus. That's crazy. Um, it's yeah. the first of its kind in the world and therefore the only and the largest of its kind in the world. So, you know, the, the, not just the relevance of programs, but the relevance of location has allowed them to become a major partner with us. Uh, just a handful of things over the past, let's say, two years that they've um, that they've kind of helped us out with. They actually opened that plant, I think, back in the end of April, it was, of 2022. So still a fairly new plant. But over the past three or so years, they've donated $250,000 as a curriculum development gift to us. They've done they've donated $1.5 million to set up some endowed faculty chairs. Um, they've they've invested. Uh, money to start a Cree Wolf Speed scholarship program for our students that that if a student's sure. awarded that scholarship, they're guaranteed an internship with Cree for their four years. They're guaranteed a mentorship. That's awesome. Uh, so that and then they're donating various like autonomous robots and and technology, like the actual hard stuff to us as sure. well. Yeah. Um so there's that. We've had um we were recently awarded in 2020 a three million dollar SUNY award to upgrade some of our uh, computer science, cybersecurity, and engineering labs. Uh, with that, we'll be, uh, we'll be receiving a mini supercomputer. We're going to build a cyber range. Um, so geez, from, there's, there's yeah, from a technology a standpoint, there's a, there's a ton of opportunity. But for anyone considering this, um, you know, going to SUNY Poly, it's the hands-on. I mean, just having access to a facility like that, one of its kind in the world, like that's uh, it's very unique. And then beyond that, you and I were talking about um, 
up in Albany, some some of your unique, um, very unique uh, nanotechnology uh, programs and some of the partnerships they have. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So we actually, so SUNY Poly, we have two campuses. We have our main campus in Utica, which is where 99% of our majors are located. But we do have a campus in Albany, and that campus is called the College of Nanoscale Science and Nanoscale Engineering. So, you know, Mike, as you can imagine, there are two majors there, nanoscale science and nanoscale engineering. We try and keep things simple. You know, that's yep. just the way to go. Um, as an institution, we're one of only about a dozen, dozen and a half institutions in the entire Western Hemisphere to offer the nanoscale science and nanoscale engineering majors at the undergraduate level. So they're, they're very specialized. They are extremely high level. But by nature of what those programs offer and what our students are dedicating their energies towards, there's so many corporate partnerships that are literally on that campus, like with sure. office space and lab spaces. So just to name a handful, um, Samsung's on our campus, Tokyo Electron. We've had the Department of Energy there. We've had Department of Defense. We've had NASA. Um, so all of these companies, you know, for our nano students, they're you're walking by these professional yeah. employees in the hallway. You're you're collaborating with them in your labs to better understand the field, to help them develop that new technology to, um, you know, make the next, you know, the next 50,000 computer chips that fit on the tip of the pen I'm holding. Um, we have, yeah. they're doing medical research with cardiac technology, ocular degeneration and glaucoma. Um, how students are trying to figure out how to deliver medication more efficiently within a biological system. It's, and the stuff they're doing over there, it's just a different animal. It's and, and, and you and I, I mean, we were, we were talking about this um, previously, like just going on and on. But I mean, the opportunity there, just think about the the global connections that you have with these large global conglomerate uh, companies in the tech field. But also, you know, your ability to stand shoulder to shoulder with some very interesting people, some very smart people that can kind of rub off on you and show you talent and show you, you know, you can they show their talents and you can learn from them. And then, you know, you shared a story about um, uh, a young a student who did a, a summer program that for me, you know, I used to work landscaping in the summer, but her, her summer program yeah, was a little yeah. different. <laughs> so, yeah, um, this was probably, I think it was like three or four years ago. I might be off by you know a little bit, but um, so this was a student who was a nanoscale science ma uh, major. And she was going into her junior year of college. So let's say she was 19 or 20 years old at the time. And in the simplest way possible, her summer project was to build an organic structure. But this organic structure had to essentially be developed so that stem cells could attach to it. And it would have to function as such so that it could like essentially turn those stem cells into like human brain tissue or something similar to that. Sure. So it's like, again, I'm... I'm probably, I probably missed 20 different things in the story she told me, but that's the gist of it. Um, and again, that's a student who's going into their junior year of college, not a graduate program, not a doctoral program, but, you yeah. know, a student who's two years older than probably the majority of students who are going to be listening to this. No, it's, again, I, it's a I different mean, animal over there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, but, but that's, that's exactly it. That's what, you know, SUNY Poly offers is just opportunity. It's opportunity to meet people who have experience to work on these you know, crazy projects that are, you know, advancing humanity. It, it, it's just, it's really exciting stuff. Um, and the idea behind it as well is just bringing it back down to earth is 
you're, you're not a number. You're a person. Everybody knows you. Like you're going to get to know your faculty. You're going to get to know your professors and they're going to help you. Like your, your story right out of the gate was, you know, different people in different de um, departments actually got you into this, this role. You know, they, they were there to assist you. So I yeah. think that's what it brings to the table. It definitely does. Um, I mean, and just to kind of, you know, provide a little more enforcement on that smaller environment. I mean, over the past five or so years, 62% of our classes have had fewer than 20 students in them. Only 5% have had more than 40 and only 1% have had more than 50. We don't have any TAs or GAs teaching. Uh, all of our classes are taught by faculty and all of our lab courses that we offer are capped to 20 students. So not only are you learning about like that equipment you need to learn about, but you're actually going to be able to get hands on with it. That's actually our tagline. It's learn by doing. You know, our thoughts are we're going to teach you the theory. We have to. You got to know the theory to understand where you're going. But when push comes to shove, you need to be able to, to enact that knowledge that you're receiving. You need to be able to, to do what you know in order to really be successful in that postgraduate landscape, in that, that landscape of life, essentially, you know? So, Jeff, we've covered nursing, we've covered doctoral programs, we've covered some of the key facilities that the, that the school offers, but can you talk to me a little bit about engineering? Because that's one of your unique uh, programs as well. Yeah, so within our College of Engineering, we have 11 different majors. Um, a handful of them are actually either engineering or engineering technology majors, and we're one of the few SUNY schools that offer bachelor's degree of science degrees um, in both the engineering and engineering technology fields. Okay. Um, so within the civil, mechanical, electrical, and computer fields, we offer the engineering and engineering tech programs. Now, uh, one of the first questions I have from students when I say that is, well, what's the difference? Right. And that's a great question because it's, many people are not familiar with it. Mm -hmm. The simplest way to put it, uh, first, let me preface this. All of our engineering and engineering technology programs, again, four-year bachelor's of science, and they all have ABET accreditation. So that's that engineering, engineering technology accreditation you want to look for when you're looking at colleges, whether it's here or elsewhere. Always ask about accreditation. Yep. Um, but so the difference between an engineer at SUNY Poly and an engineering technologist at SUNY Poly, your engineers focus on the research, design, and development. They're the individuals who, as a client, I'm going to come up to an engineer and say, here's my problem. It's the engineer's job essentially to figure out a solution, you know, design it, put it onto paper, put it onto that blueprint or like that computer program. That's where the engineers are going. Your engineering technologists are looking at it from basically the opposite perspective. They're saying, okay, cool, you came up with this design. Now it's my job to make it a reality. They focus on the app, uh, application and implementation. So um, they're prototyping it, they're testing it, they're getting into the 3D printing labs with it. They're the ones who are bringing that design and making it a tangible outcome. So to put it one word descriptors, if you're a student who's still like, I don't know which, your engineers are your thinkers, your engineering technologists are your tinkerers, the hands-on people. Sure. There is no right or wrong from a degree career standpoint. It's mm -hmm. just where you see yourself in the field. 100%. Yep, absolutely. And I think, you know, and that kind of segues right into the investments in some of the facilities that you have. We've been talking about it, but, you know, those tinker, you know, the tinkerers, <laughs> they're, they're going to go into those labs and, and start to build. Yeah, yeah. So we, um, geez, it's 2022 right now, not to date the podcast or anything, but um, <laughs> I think it was like 2017, we started construction on what we now call CGAM, Center for Global and Advanced Manufacturing. Essentially, that's our engineer's playpen. Uh, that was like a 13 or $14 million structural renovation to one of our main academic buildings. 
And that's where we keep a lot of our engineering, engineering technology lab spaces. So we have our robotics lab in there, our nano lab, our 3D printer lab. We have our project-based learning lab, which is home to our dune buggy team, our steel bridge team, our concrete canoe team. We have our digital prototyping lab. We have our machine tool lab. Um, so all of those labs that I had just mentioned and all the labs on campus as a whole are open to students. Um, basically all the time the buildings are open and they're free for students. You don't have to pay for lab time. You don't have to pay for materials in that 3D printer lab. You just have to have that knowledge on what you're doing in there and like what your goal is when you're in your interaction with that lab. <clears throat> and just a couple other labs that will be coming soon. Um, as we actually, our president just announced like a week and a half ago that we are doing, we are undergoing a $22.345 uh, million capital development grant. So we're going to be adding some additional labs to that CEM center, to our other main um, academic building, Kinsella Hall, for a cyber range. I think I mentioned that mini supercomputer, um, things like that. So not only are engineers and engineering technologists being able to take advantage of it, but also our computer science majors, our cybersecurity majors, um, sure. our Sindaver lab is going under a bit of an update. So like our, bio, our biology students and our health services students, our nursing students, they're going to have access to a new Sindaver lab. So there's a lot of capital um, injections sure. going on here that, you know, I hate to hate to keep <laughs> saying it, but that's, you know, the new stuff is coming. Yeah, well, that's well, that's where the investment is. So, you, so the, the school definitely invests in the equipment, in the labs, opening up the opportunity for for the students. But now, for the students themselves, you have a unique approach to them, and that's where you know you and I were talking. You say that you ask them to challenge you to help yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, you know, at our institution. You know, you take everybody's job responsibilities away from the specifics, the bullet points. I'm sure you got them on your contract, Mike. It's you take all those away and boil it down to the simplest responsibility. And that responsibility is to help the students. We're mm -hmm. all here to help you as a student, whether it's a staff member like me in admissions, whether it's a faculty member, whether it is a you know, random person in alumni development or the, the facilities department. We're here to help you whether that is upfront in the admissions process, once you're here or after you've graduated. So to speak to the admissions part before you get here, obviously, my, my challenge to you is this, it's to make me do my job. I will help you as best I can throughout this process. I will be as upfront with you as possible throughout this process, but I'm also not a mind reader. Help sure. me help you throughout this process. Even if it's just something as simple as like, you guys at SUNY Poly do this process, but school X, Y, or Z does this. Can you just tell me why they're different? That's what our job is. Yeah. Students, no yeah. matter which admissions office you're working with, which colleges you're looking at, we're here to help. Use the resources you have available. And aside from your guidance office, the number one resource you're going to have are the schools that you're working with. In admissions, our job is to provide information. We're going to provide that information don't hesitate to ask. There are no dumb questions. The only dumb questions I feel are the ones you have, but choose not to ask. Yeah, because I think college uh, is the next. Oh, sorry. No, no, I was going to say, yeah, I, I think if I'm hearing you correctly, anyone who's listening, for our listeners and our viewers, 
Jeff wants you to send him some questions. Just, yeah. just, just send me questions. Call me inbox. bad names. I don't care. Just reach out. I'll get you the info you need, even if it's just better names to call me. <laughs> so in the in the description, everyone, you're going to see uh, Jeff's email address. So you'll be able to reach out to him directly, hit him up with questions, and then also uh, you can take a look at uh, SUNY Poly's website. So Jeff, what's the URL again? So it's just very simple. Again, try and keep things simple. SUNYPoly.edu. Perfect. So that's easy. Take a look. And uh, Jeff, thank you again for being on the show. We appreciate it. We covered a lot. It was very informative. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Mike. I appreciate being on. Looking to uh, looking to doing a little more with you. And then I'll see you guys actually at the college fair in October. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to have a good time. Oh, yeah. You can meet a lot of people. Um, and so with that, for everyone who's listening and viewing, please, at any point, visit springpath.net and see if SUNY Poly is a match for you. Jeff, thank you again. We appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. Thanks, Mike. Have a good one, everyone.